a lot of things I could say about Brother Shirley, all of them true and good, but he's my friend, and I love him, and I appreciate him being here. Come on, preacher, preach for us tonight. Praise the Lord. Good singing, Brother Morris. A lot of things he could say about Brother Shirley. He, <laughs> he made me nervous right there, just to be honest with you. Uh, then he said, they're all good. I thought, oh, that's, that was nice. Most of the people that start their statement with there's a lot of things I could say about Brother Shirley don't put that, that they're all good. So I appreciate that. I believe you just said that so that I wouldn't tell about the last time I was here at that couple's retreat and you took us out to that little restaurant. We'll talk about that tomorrow night, right? Yeah, we maybe talk about that another time. How many of you were there? I mean, I know some of you were there. It was, uh, it was an experience in my life. <clears throat> Definitely. Ezekiel 33, and we'll just leave the humor at that and uh, get out of the way here in just a little bit for Brother Sam can come. I appreciate the opportunity to be back here. Appreciate this place. It's been a blessing to me through the years to be able to come. <clears throat> Thank you for the invitation. Good to be with some friends and uh, just a blessing to be in church. You know, we, we ought to just appreciate being saved. I'm afraid some of us have been saved so long, it's just not a big deal, but it really is. It really is wonderful to be a child of God. To be able to, you know, when we pray, we're able to enter boldly into the throne of grace, the, the very throne of the universe. You know, in that Old Testament, not even the queen could go in and see the king unless she had been previously invited. But me and you can just bust in to the very throne of the holy God of the universe anytime we need to. That's a great privilege, isn't it? It's just good to be a Christian. I, I know that we've been saved a long time, some of us, and we get used to it, but I hope that every now and then you stop and think, my goodness, uh, I believe our, our young people sing a song and in the middle of it says, that my uh, story, my life could have been a very different story. And that's all of us. Our lives didn't have to, we didn't have to be like this. We could have been the one born in a third world country. You could have been born in a Muslim country. Come on. But God let us hear the truth. He gave us enough faith to believe it. And here we are born again. And if you're not born again, you ought to get saved tonight. It's the best thing. Best thing ever happened to me was I met Jesus and he saved me when I was a young boy. It's been wonderful. Listen, I'm thankful that I'm saved is what I'm trying to tell you. I'm thankful that I'm a Christian. And I, I don't, we're not, not just here going through the motions. It's a blessing to be here. And I know some of us like the Morrisons, they go to church all the time. The Kenrys go to church all the time. Preacher travels, goes all the time. And Brother Sam, no doubt. And if you're not careful, you can, we can kind of just, well, it's just what we are. It's what we do. But it really is a blessing. It really is wonderful to be saved. Wonderful to have the word of God in your hand. Say amen right there. Amen. All right. Ezekiel 33. Look at verse 30 with me. I'm going to give you a very simple thought. All my thoughts are simple. Praise the Lord. And then Brother Sam will help us with something deeper here in a little bit. Uh, but I felt very clearly that this was a message for me uh, for this moment. Verse 30, also thou son of man, the children of thy people are still talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses and speak one to another. Everyone to his brother saying, come, I pray you and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. And they come unto thee as the people cometh and they sit before thee as my people and hear, uh, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice, 
and can play well on an instrument, for they hear thy words, but they do them not. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. Now, I mean that, Lord. We say it many times, and I appreciate tonight. My heart is a little stirred just about being saved. And, uh, Lord, the good singing of the, of the young people to start the service stirred my heart. And, Lord, it's just a blessing, that congregational singing. The preacher was talking about what a blessing it was to sing about the grace of God. And Lord, I pray that we wouldn't get used to it and wouldn't get spoiled to it. We'd realize what a great privilege it is to be saved by grace. And Lord, help me now to be a blessing and uh, remove all that is flesh and that is me and carnal. Lord, remove the hindrances and the distractions in the meeting. Forgive me for every sin. Bless the rest of the service as well. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. I want to say I appreciate the youth choir singing there at the beginning. And they were all a blessing. But there was a little blonde-headed girl sitting right behind, standing right behind this chair. She was helping me, buddy. She was singing every word. By the way, knew every word. Isn't that a blessing? Uh, we run the bus routes, and buddy, we bring them in on the bus routes, and they know the words to songs, but it ain't those songs. It ain't their fault. That's what they've grown up in. That's what they've heard. But that little girl's heard the truth, and she was singing with all her heart. Did you notice that, Brother Wesley? And it was blessing me. I, I don't Listen, I like it when the little ones are getting in on it. I, I saw that little boy up there. Uh, he was by your boy, Parker. Parker would raise his hand. That little boy would raise his hand. Now, if that bothers you, you're just, you just, you need to not be bothered, okay? You say, well, he don't even know what he's doing. No, he don't. You're right. But one of these days, he may be sitting in a service, and his heart gets stirred by some truth, and want to just say amen and raise his hand, and it ain't even going to be weird, because he's been doing it since he's a little boy. Amen. It's all right. Come on, it's all right. We have them practice everything else. Let them practice raising their hand in church. If, I promise you this, when it is on him, his flesh is going to say, don't do it. Right? Uh, he'll be, it'll be good that he's been raised. I, bless, I was blessed by I'm stirred up. I'm going to preach 27 messages. I can't hardly stop. I'm fired up. All right. As we get deeper into the Jubilee, and I know you started yesterday technically, but I want to show you what I believe is a mistake that many people in our good Bible-believing churches make. Now, I'm not talking about the world, and I'm talking about us. Those of us that are in here, and we're here at the Jubilee because we like preaching. We're here because we like church. And I want to show you what I believe uh, we can see as a pattern here in these verses of many church attendees, all right? And in this group, you're going to see a mistake that I believe we often make. And uh, boy, this week, you're going to hear some preaching. I'm not talking about my part, but I'm talking about the rest of these guys. You're going to hear some great preaching. But you know, great preaching is both a blessing, but also sometimes can become a curse to us because if we get so much of it, just like anything else, you can take it for granted. So I want to show you very quickly, then I'll get out of the way tonight. First of all, look at their participation. Look at these people and their participation. First of all, notice they're asking in the middle of verse 30. It says that they speak one to another, everyone to his brother saying, and look what they're saying to each other. Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. They're saying, Come. you know what they're doing? Later in the verse, it says, with their mouth, they show much love. They're, they're inviting people to come here preaching. We'll say preaching. The prophet was talking here. Is it all right if I say preaching? Is everybody okay with that application? And so they're saying, hey, why don't you come and hear? You need to come hear this. I mean, is that what they're saying? Come and hear. And look, come and hear what the, the word that cometh forth from the Lord. It'd be like this. It'd be like somebody that has uh, their preacher and they just love their preacher and love to hear them. You ought to love your preacher and you ought to love hearing him preach. And every now and then you ought to be talking to somebody that maybe don't go to church and you ought to say something like this. Well, you ought to come hear our preacher. I mean, you ought to hear the things that God has him say. You ought to hear how God uses him and how he preaches the word. And, and that's what they're doing. I, I believe that's a pretty good thing if there's pastors in here, you'd be excited if your people were out there saying, hey, why don't you come to church with me? 
Notice they're asking. Notice they're attending. And they come. Now, I'm glad they're not just inviting others to come, but they're coming. How many, do we have pastors in here? Raise your hand if you're a pastor in here. We got one or two. Aren't you glad when people come? Isn't that nice, brother? Makes things a little better, isn't it? And uh, praise the Lord when people come. It says, and they come and they sit before thee. So this crowd we're looking at, man, they're off to a good start here. They're out there telling people, man, you ought to come hear our preacher. You got you to hear the word from the Lord. And they're not just saying that, but they come. And then not only notice they're asking, they're attending, but notice their attention. And this is a big one. It says, and they hear thy words. It's wonderful when people come. It's extraordinary wonderful when they come and pay attention. Right? Amen. We've got, uh, in our church, we've got the, the sound booths in the balcony and they got the light controls up there. And on our light controls, there's a, there's a button that just says blackout. And you can, you can hold that one down and all the lights will go out all at the same time. I've often, I've often considered on a night service. Wouldn't it be a dirty trick? Just give the signal and see how many faces are glowing. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a dirty trick? It'd be the, I, the Shekinah glory be all over that auditorium. Oh, preacher, I mean, I just use the Bible on. I've just got it. I, it's, not the, it's not the national championship that's on tonight. I'm not checking the score. Thank God the bull, Bulldogs are not playing tonight. Brother Wesley would be sick and not here. Hey, but listen, now you know as well as I do, there's a lot of people, they're, they're there. But they're not always paying attention, but this crowd, this crowd was telling others, you need to come hear the preacher and he is speaking forth the words of the Lord. And then they come, I mean, they're being good to their word. And while they're there, they are listening. They, they want to hear the words from the Lord. And so if we were looking at this on the surface here, these first couple of verses, this crowd is doing real good. Notice their participation. Then I want you to see though, the result, the result is stagnation. So what do you mean? Look at verse 31, in the middle of the verse, it says, but they will not do them. They hear the words, but they will not do them for with their mouth, they show much love, <clears throat> excuse me, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And in verse 32, the, the latter part says, for they hear thy words, but they do them not. So now, now picture this again. It was really good in the first point. They're, they're inviting others to come. And, and if those others visit, they'll see them sitting there because they're there. And they're not only there, they're listening. They're listening intently. They, they seem to believe what's being said is from the Lord. But, but there's no change. Like if, if, you, if you was that visitor and you kept coming and you came a long time and you watched these folks that invited you and you watched them, what you would notice is there's no change. Even though they come and even though they sit there and even though they bring others from time to time, their Christianity, their church attendance, the preaching of the word of God makes no difference in their lives. Makes no difference in their lives. Here's, you'd, see, you'd see no movement. If we, could, if we could watch this church, if you will, uh, from above for a while, what you'd see is they do come and they do sit there and they're not playing on their phone. They are listening, but they don't ever move. It's much like what Brother Sam was preaching yesterday morning about the end of services where we just, we just don't move and we just go home, take our nap, and come back. I was listening to it this morning and take our nap and come back on Sunday night. That's what you'd see out of this crowd. They, they just, they, they, don't, they don't hardly ever go to the altar. They don't ever move. And look, I know you don't have to go to the altar, but altar's in the Bible a lot. And there is something about the humility of 
I don't care what anybody thinks. I need to go talk to God. God, I need to talk to you and I want to talk to you. There is something about that going to the altar. But this crowd, they don't hardly ever go to the altar unless maybe they're in a great storm in their life. And by the way, if you're in a great storm in your life, the altar is a good place to come talk to God about that. Or if there's some great need in their life and they'll come and talk to God about that. But outside of those moves, you just don't see any movement out of this crowd. Now, again, they're out there saying, you ought to hear my preacher. And they're saying he preaches the word of the Lord and they come and hear him and they listen, but there's no movement. No, there's also no improvement. There's very little spiritual growth. Conviction rarely stirs them. So they're very rarely, they very rarely allow the truths of God's word to make any measurable, noticeable difference or change in their life. I mean, they hear a lot of the word of the Lord, but they don't let it make measurable change. You know, one of the exciting things about new converts when they're in your church, especially if, they're, if they've grown up in the world or they've been way out in the world and they come in and they get saved. One of the exciting things is it's almost like every time you preach, the Holy Spirit tells them something in their life they need to change. And, 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 and they didn't even know it was wrong. They've done it their whole life, but the Holy Spirit now is living inside of them. And the preacher will preach about something and, and, and they'll just come down this altar and say, Lord, I, I'm going to try and not do that anymore. I, I didn't know I was supposed to give out tracks. Where are those tracks? What, what are tracks? Tell me about tracks. You know, they hear the preacher say it and they change something almost every service. And many of you, hey, many of you, we would have that testimony about ourselves at one time. But let me ask you, let's just ask ourselves this question. When's the last time? Now listen to the question. When's the last time you made a literal change in your life because of a message you heard? Not just the last time you had a change. And I understand God can speak to us without a message. He can speak from our Bible reading. He can speak if you're saved, when you're praying, he can talk to you. When you do something wrong, he will convict you and you may make a change. But I'm talking about the word of God. They, they were hearing the word of God spoken and they were not ever changing anything. And when's the last time you and I did? Because of a message. We don't just have jubilees so we can get together and have a good time. We want it to be life changing. Now, I understand those of you that go to church all the time, we joke before about our young people who say we take them to so many life-changing services, they don't even know who they are anymore, you know. I understand that. But really, really, if we can't remember the last time a message led to a literal change in our life, then either there is no more change you need in your life, or we may have fallen prey to this trap right here. I, you know, and you start preaching these things and I, I, I was listening, as I said, to Brother Sam's message from Sunday morning about worship and, and, and you know, and there was some new, new thinking for me in that. And I just wondered about those of you that heard it and those of us that heard it, I wonder how many of us have done anything maybe a little different. I wonder, have any of us bowed down differently and tried to worship differently because we heard that message. I mean, that was, that was pretty, I mean, it's pretty plain that worship is really just, just in kind of that one motion. And uh, it spoke to me a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm not done thinking on it, but I did, I did a little bit in the hotel this afternoon. You know, I, I just thought, man, that's something else. 
what literal, ch- I remember I was preaching somewhere a month or two ago or whatever, and I had, uh, it was a pretty day. It wasn't cold as it should have been. And so I was trying to exercise and I was walking. And while I was walking, I was listening to some preaching. And sometimes I listen to sports stuff. That day I was listening to some preaching. And it was, uh, it was an old, I believe it was uh, maybe Bobby Robertson. It was one of them old guys from, from way back. And man, they was just preaching. And he was talking about the power. He started talking about the power of God. And talking about as a preacher when he was young. And how they would, they would meet and beg God for his power. Beg God for his power. And then he started telling, it wasn't Brother Bobby, it was a different guy. He started telling some stories about when God showed up in power and done some amazing things. And I'm, I'm walking there. I'm thinking, well, I mean, I pray. I pray and ask God for his power. I, I pray the Lord blesses the services, but I'm just going to be real with you. Uh, it, was, it was dealing with me while I was walking. And in the hotel that afternoon, I did something a little different in the hotel that afternoon because, hey, because of the message I heard. Like the message invoked changed action because I heard the message. I remember years ago when I was at our church and I wasn't the pastor yet. And uh, I, was, uh, I was involved in just about everything. I would help on Saturdays on the bus route. We'd go to visitation on Thursdays. Just, I was working in a Christian school. Just whatever they needed me to do, I'd do it. Except one thing, the bus director was always on me about needing bus captains. Now, bus directors are always needing bus captains. And the bus captain, you know, he rides the bus Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon when he goes home. And, and uh, our deal was on Sunday afternoons, we'd go to my mother-in-law's and eat. And she's a pretty good cook. And we'd go there and eat. And then we'd go take a nap like everybody else except the preacher. Praise the Lord. I did learn that, except the preacher. Them Sunday afternoon naps have disappeared. But uh, I, I remember, and, I, and he would say, and I'd say, ah, oh, no, Brother Bruce, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't feel like I want to do that. And in my mind, I'd think I'm doing all the other. I'm doing all this. Not like I wasn't doing anything. I'm doing all the other. And I just, you know, I just don't want to do that. I like Sunday afternoon. I mean, you know, just me and my wife didn't have any children yet. We like Sunday afternoon. And so I didn't feel really guilty over it. Didn't feel like the Lord was working me over. The bus director was working me over, but I didn't feel like the Lord was. We had a man in our church who was a preacher and he had been a pastor and he'd come back and was just a lay preacher in the church and, and he had got a burden to have a tent meeting in our town. And somehow he got a, a tent and he had set it up out by the grocery store and, and uh, people were going and on Sunday night he was going to have his service a little later so people could go to their own church and then still come to the tent meeting if they wanted to. And there wasn't a lot of people coming. And uh, I got some of the young preacher boys and I said, hey, after church tonight, let's go over and support Brother Joey. That was Brother Joey was the name of the guy having the tent. I said, let's go over after church tonight and we'll support Brother Joey. So we go over there and it's Sunday night. Everybody else in the county's already been to their own service. And to be honest with you, there wasn't hardly anybody there but us. Brother Joey, maybe one or two more. And then me and these preacher boys that I brought with me. And Brother Joey's going to preach. He gets up and he starts preaching and he starts preaching on hell. And I'm just going to be real transparent with you. Again, I wasn't pastor yet. And I was young and much even dumber than I am now, which is saying something. And I, didn't, I remember I started thinking, read the room, Brother Joey. You know all of us. We're here to support you. We're preachers from your church. Here to support you. I'm thinking, how about... Praise God for people that come to the tent. Let's preach on that. <laughs> Praise God for good friends. I'm, I just remember thinking, huh, how about that? And he's just preaching away on hell. And he, he gets to go in there and he's preaching about hell and it's real. And, you know, I'm listening. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts talking. And he says something like this. So you're just going to let them bus kids go to hell so you can eat. 
on Sunday afternoon. And I thought, well, that ain't fair. <laughs> I mean, I, I've tried to do a good thing here tonight and support this brother, and I have been ambushed by the Holy Spirit right here. You say, what'd you do? I went to the altar and I said, Lord, if that guy asks me again, now I was really hoping he wouldn't, but if he asks me again, then I'll be a bus captain. Well, you know, he's going to ask again. And he very quickly did. And you know what I said that time? I said, if you need me to do it, I'll do it. You know why I said that? Because of that message, that message. So the result here was, was stagnation. The end of verse 31 says that they were their heart goeth after their covetousness. What, the, what it's saying is simply that their actions were being controlled by just what they want to do. They're listening and they're hearing, but they're not doing anything because those are not the things they want to do. You say, then why are they there? Well, that's the, the last point. The problem is their motivation. And it's in 32. And here's the trap we get caught in. And lo, I mean, he's going to tell him why. Thou art unto them. Preacher, here's what you are to them. Here's why they come. Here's why they invite other people to come. Here's why they listen when you're speaking. Because you are unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. You know what you ought to write out beside that? Entertainment. They enjoyed hearing him like you would enjoy hearing a great musician or, or, or a person singing with a wonderful voice. You say, well, yeah, but that ain't us. Well, hold on. Hold on just a minute. Sometimes we just like preaching. By the way, I'm thankful you do. And I think it's okay that you like this certain preacher and you like his style and you enjoy how he does it. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Some, of, some love the, the scholarly preaching. Our, our church thought Brother Fleur was from England the first time he preached at our church because he preached about Job and he kept saying Job had no Bible. And the way he said Bible was weird to us country people. And somebody asked me, is he like from England? I said, he's from West Virginia. That's about as far from England as it comes. But our church loves to hear Brother Fleur preach. And listen, maybe you love how Brother Sam preaches and his knowledge. To me, Brother Sam's knowledge of what was going on in the world around those Bible texts blows me away. And then how God used him. I love the wisdom. I love all of it. And that's fine. You should. Maybe you like how Brother Gibbs can tell a story. Can Brother Gibbs tell a story? Glory to God. He's got a, he's got a talent for having you just laugh and laugh and laugh. And then he sticks it right in your gut. Isn't that right? And he makes you vote on it through the whole service. Raise your hand if you, oh yeah. Raise your hand if you, oh yeah. So the whole service, you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, ah, and you're like, oh, I just confessed to all of it. I'm not even saved. That's what you end up thinking. And it, look, I don't have a problem with us enjoying that. I don't have a problem with you having a favorite preacher and all that. But here's the trap we're seeing is that sometimes we can, I, I honestly believe that, that our hearts, which are desperately wicked, will deceive us into thinking, I must be okay because I like preaching. Some people like hard preaching. They like it when we're mean. And they'll come and tell you. Oh, you, boy, that's good preaching tonight. I like that preaching tonight. And I'm thinking, you do what I said. Uh, that's what I want to say. You like it. I was preaching to you. Have y'all ever noticed that the wrong people come to the altar? 
Let's be real. Have you ever noticed that? If you preach on soul winning, you know who comes to the altar? Your best soul winners. People that never go, they don't. I want to say sometimes, brother, I want to say, not you. Get up. You're a good soul winner. Go back. I'm talking to you. You go to the altar. You're doing great. Thank you. That's how it goes. You preach on the things that people, the spiritual people that are already doing it, they feel like they're never doing it enough. That's a good spirit, by the way. The crowd that's not doing it at all often sit there like this crowd and listen, and they'll walk by and say, well, that was so good. I love it. I like it when you really get on them. You know what they're saying? They just enjoy it. It's entertaining. But there's no change. And I remember being a young preacher and I remember certain preachers getting known for saying questionable things and hateful things and rude things and mean things. And, and as a young preacher, to be honest with you, the way I grew up, we liked that. And we wanted to go hear them and we had travel to go hear them. And listen, what we were waiting for is when they would say that, that edgy thing. They'd say that questionable, they'd call that woman that questionable name or call the homosexual some questionable name and call out somebody like, you know, and just blowing people up. And we was, well, that's what we was going for. But you know what I was thinking about as I got older and I started working, I saw this outline here in the word of God. I started thinking, I can't remember, I can't remember changing anything in any of those services. Now listen to me, I'm not blaming him. There were probably people in those services that got changed, but it wasn't us boys because we didn't come for that. We came to be entertained by the craziness. And that's what we don't want to happen this week. And God is going to speak through these men. I have zero doubt. In just a minute, you'll have a chance. Tomorrow, Brother Bo, and on and on. And I don't want us to be fooled. You know, what, you know what Paul told the Thessalonians? He said, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Now, now this crowd had some of that. They said it was the word from the Lord. But what Paul said to those Thessalonians, he said, you received it as it was the word of the Lord. And then he says this, and it worketh effectually. It effectually worketh also in you. You know what he said? He said, we, we can't stop rejoicing because when we came through there and preached, you received it as the word of the Lord and we've seen it change your life. The change. Let's be careful that we don't uh, do like, you know, we want to we be hearers of the word and doers of the word. And when James gives that command, you know what he says at the end? He says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And those people that like the hard preaching, their heart will tell them, well, you have to be right with God or you wouldn't like this kind of preaching. Other people don't like that hard preaching, but you like hard preaching. But I'm going to say, if you never change anything, you probably got some things that need to change. And so I wonder if maybe this week we might could say to the Lord, Lord, when you speak to me, I'm willing to change something. If you'll help me know clearly what you're talking about, then I'm willing to change. I want to be different as a result of being here. Now, first, what you ought to do is ask him to let you hear something that you ought to change. Now, that's risky. <laughs> it's risky because he might want to change something you don't want to. But that was that crowd. They just did what they wanted to, their covetousness. But let's don't waste this meeting. Let's don't waste the study and the praying and all that these men of God have been doing. 
and let's say, all right, Lord, I'm going to hear some preaching and I enjoy it. And I've, you've invited other people to probably come and you plan to be here. But let's not be this crowd that just comes and comes and comes and comes and never does anything. Let us, and maybe already from yesterday's sermons, I don't know what last night's was, but maybe, maybe from those sermons already, you need to say to the Lord, I should already have changed some things just from those. And if not, then maybe throughout the next couple of services, you could say to the Lord, Lord, if you'll speak to me and you'll show me something, I want you to know I'm willing. I wonder if you'd pray that. Let's, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word of God. Lord, I thank you for this example that we find here in the book of Ezekiel. Lord, I ask you that you would help us. We, we are so blessed. I know this church. I get online sometimes, Lord, and listen to Brother Floyd. Sometimes I listen to the guest preachers that comes through here. This church is blessed with the preaching that they hear. I believe our church is blessed with the folks that you bring through our meetings. And we could say that probably about every church in here. But Lord, I don't want us to just get caught in this trap of being hearers of the word, but not doers. And I pray that this week, this week, we would surrender ourselves to you and say, Lord, if you'll, if you'll prick my heart about something I need to work on, whether it be something to do away with or stop doing or get better at doing, or it's something I need to add or begin doing, whatever it might be, Lord, let there be a change in me as a result of something I hear and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, preacher.